Hello and welcome to the Pig Edge, Chagas Pig Podcast with me, Kieran Carl, bringing you all the latest news, information and advice to keep Irish pig farmers up to date. And for this episode, we're looking at mental health and well-being with George Graham, sheep farmer in Wexford. And I first asked George to tell me a bit about his background. Yeah, well, farming, I'm just brought up on quite a small farm. Uh, we would have been traditionally in milk, a small amount of milk, a bit of beef and sheep. Uh, so uh, quite a mixture, a little bit of tillage as well. Um, but my profession started off then. I went into sheep shearing quite a lot, but traditionally farming. But I would have done a lot of relief milking in my life and uh, milked overseas and different things like that as well. So quite a mixture. At one stage, I was a livestock agent and used to do a lot in the haulage business as well for in livestock. Right. Yeah, so seen a lot of different things. Yeah, so you've covered a lot of the bases. And you, you travelled a lot with, with the sheep shearing in particular, I, I guess, was it? Uh, sheep shearing in particular, yeah, has brought me around the world. Uh, I've actually worked in 13 different countries, which includes South Africa, Australia, New Zealand. A great experience, uh, met a lot of people. I suppose I've been very fortunate. I've had the opportunity of representing Ireland 11 times in world championships. Oh. Uh, not winning one, unfortunately, <laughs> but uh, to represent the country is a, a wonderful honour. I remember being in Masterton in New Zealand at one stage and uh, who were meeting there, were being introduced to, was the Prime Minister at the time of New Zealand, who was Jim Bulger, and his parents were Irish. So very interesting to meet him. Absolutely. So there was, there was a lot of highlights. There was a lot of yeah. highlights, a lot of highlights. Uh, wonderful to meet people. You meet a lot of great people in your traveling and um, as far as I'm concerned, every day is a learning day. Absolutely, yeah. And like there was a lot of highlights through that. Was it, was it then that you started hitting problems yourself, you know, with your your mind and your mental health, things like that, was it when you were abroad, or was it something that happened in, in Ireland before you left? Or well, it, it it probably happened in Ireland. Of course, I just thought. Well, firstly, um, probably there was a year, a year and a half gone by, and nothing great for him. But didn't really know what was wrong with me. I think which is a major problem with a lot of people. Didn't really know what was wrong with me. Uh, just in bad form. Um, would tell nobody, talking to nobody. Typical man, of course. We don't want to talk. No, we don't want to tell anybody. And I had plenty of good friends. I'm the eldest of a family of nine, and I have a family of my own of five. So, I mean, I had plenty of people to talk to, but just didn't do it. But eventually what I did with my problem, I actually tried to run away from my problem, and I eventually tried to fly away from my problem. Now, I did fly away, but the problem came with me. I have worked in the north of Norway for the past 25 years, twice a year, and that's where I flew away to. But the problem came with me, and uh, that's where I ended up in complete disaster. But I was in disaster before I went, but right. a really bad day. And uh, and how did it manifest when you say you were in disaster? Like what what was what was you physically and emotionally feeling at the time? You know or what? Yeah. Now everybody is different, and I, I suppose we should stress one very important point: mental well-being problems can happen to anybody from any walk of life at any time. And I will give three categories of people that is extremely high in, and one of them you'll probably be quite surprised at. Doctors, just because you're a doctor, doesn't mean you won't suffer from mental well-being problems. A vet, there's a lot of stress there. They're being brought out. They're usually coming out to farmers, and the farmer has a sick animal, so he's not going to be in a good place. He has to deal with the animal and probably deal with the farmer as well on some occasions, and he's very busy and working all kinds of hours. And the third one is a dentist, and a lot of people wonder uh, with a dentist how you could be stressed, how you could have mental well-being problems. But in, in my personal opinion, and a dentist mightn't like to hear that, I think it's probably the most boring job you ever could do. And I'll speak about myself. And a lot of people think about the money a dentist can earn. But if I go into a dentist, sit down in his chair, I go in for a couple of minutes, sitting down in the chair, um, I'll open my mouth, he's looking into my mouth, and maybe it's either going to be a quick clean up and your grand come back in six months, or I'll get a needle and that's the end of the conversation. He's looking into my mouth for the next 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour. Not the most appetizing thing you could do when I'm speaking about myself. Um, could you get a more, and you might be able to say thanks and you're done and out you go. 
So it can happen to anybody from any walk of life at any time. But from my own point of view, I was over there, bad form, not eating properly, not sleeping properly. And the only thing in my head, now this doesn't happen to anybody, the only thing in my head 24-7, and I couldn't stop it happening, I wanted to end my own life. I couldn't stop that happening. Now, people can suffer with mental well-being problems and never be suicidal, but I was. Uh, so it's an absolute disaster. Not talking, and I could cover up that. Nobody knew. Could cover up, hide it, and you eat yourself away uh, trying to hide your problems. So that was kind of a little bit of a gist of where I was. Yeah, and I suppose because you were away from home, your immediate family and friends weren't there to see anything. Did anybody in, in Norway at the time notice anything in you yourself? There, or? there was one person actually said to me, what's, what's wrong? Are you not in good form or something? There's not the crack and the laugh going on. And of course, straight away, I could cover up. So you eat yourself away trying to cover up and hide your own problems. So that, that's where I was. But nobody else, and I never was examined after. But I, I have little cards there, and there's not a lot on them. But one of the most important things of all is on them. Take that first step. And that's the hardest thing you will ever do. And you can't take step two before you take step one. So I took my first step in the north of Norway. And uh, how I took my first step, I was working for this couple this day. The farmer, uh, he was a farrier as well, along with a sheep farmer. But his wife was a psychiatric nurse, and she'd done a lot of different types of work as well. She was doing the wool in that shed, and she didn't pick up anything or notice a thing. But I happened to say to her, I'm, I've got a new customer three or four miles down the road. I don't think they have a lot of English. Could you help me with some translation? And she said, there's no problem. Just ring or call anytime you want. Now, if I was being honest with her, which I wasn't, I wasn't being honest with myself, I wasn't telling her what my problem was, but that gave me a little bit of a lifeline. I knew in my darkest moment I could call her, but I, I didn't tell her what my problem was, if I'd have been telling her what my problem was, but she still didn't pick up where my problem was. But I did make up my mind in Norway, and that was the first time I made up my mind. I suppose really I had accepted that I had a problem. Until you accept you have a problem, it's very hard to get out the other side. And I said, if I got home, I would Norway into one piece that I would look for help. Okay. So you came back then to Ireland to get help, was it yourself? Or I, you I worked away. Uh, now, I didn't have to talk to the sheep. Was, uh, but shearing sheep all day, using sharp, dangerous electrical equipment. Uh, but I didn't have to talk to them, so I could get away with that. You didn't have to do a lot of talking. Finish working. Traditionally, we'd go to bed quite early over there and get up early anyway. But as soon as I'd be finished, we'd get food. Great people to work with. You live in this month of family. Um, but uh, I'd go to bed quite early. But I was going to bed to hide my problem, and your mind is racing, doing a thousand miles an hour, and you can't stop it. It's just unbelievable, and it's very hard. I think it's extremely difficult for anybody to understand mental well-being problems if you haven't been through it. But this mind is racing with all kinds of weird things. You jump from A to B, C, you're up here, you're down here, you're left to right, and you can't console it, you can't do a thing about it. With all these horrible things going to your mind, uh, so uh, that's the way I was. But I did make up my mind if I go in Norway into one piece that I would look for help. Okay, and so what did you do then when you came home? What, did you tell family, friends first, or did you go seek professional help? Or? Um, eventually, when I came home, no, I didn't tell family, friends. And of course, if you can, that's the best place to go to be able to talk to your family, wife, husband, partner, whoever, whoever case it might be, or your family. But I didn't. I actually went to my GP, which is something we will always recommend because there may be underlying issues as well. But I went to my GP, and uh, there was a family GPs, but the man I would have known best wasn't there, which when you're in a bad way, pulls you down a bit as well. But his brother was there, and he very quickly diagnosed that I was in the depths of depression. And I was put on medication. Um, that doesn't mean everybody needs medication. 
uh, very mild sleeping tablets and different things. But of course, something we're often not told when you go on this medication before it starts helping you. If you get the right medication, you can actually go the other way before it starts helping you. And coming off it can be another nightmare as well. Uh, but I did do that. And I remember being the mildest sleeping tablet you could get. I remember being at home in my own house one night, cutting it in two, and I probably looked at it for 15, 20 minutes. Will I take it? Will I not take it? I eventually did take it. As soon as I did, it was reverse psychology. I thought I was going to die, something I wanted to do anyway, just because I'd taken half a mile sleeping tablet. That's the way the mind works. It's unbelievable. It's very hard for anybody to understand. God, yeah. And and so you, you got the GPs here, but at some stage your family must have become aware that there was something going on. Do you know, how, how did it impact on them? Personally, uh, yeah, they friends? still... I, I, I was, uh, even at that stage, at home, and for quite a while after that, they still didn't know. If I was at a table, the other problem I had, some people have the opposite. I couldn't eat properly. If I was sitting at a table, I'd always have my phone with me. Now, I wouldn't any more than know how to put my phone on silent, but I made sure it was on silent and that it was ringing. And when I couldn't bear sitting at the table, I'd be able to make it the phone was ringing and get up and move away. Again, eat myself away, trying to hide my problems instead of being open and, and talking about it. But trying to cover up things, just unbelievable. Now, eventually, my family, but I also went to counsellors, I went to clergy. That's a matter of choice. Or I'm not telling anybody where you should go, what you should do, but them are things I've done. I often went into the back of a church of a dark, cold winter's evening, put in maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes there on my own. That often got me from A to B, but that is a matter of choice. Uh, I've done all them type of things. And when you go to a counsellor, or whoever it might be, it's not everyone you, you will bond with or they'll bond with you. It's nobody's fault. But to be able to pick yourself up and find somebody else can be difficult as well. But I would have went to different counsellors, different things like that. It was a stepping stone, a very slow process, and I suppose the best way I could describe it is going through a long, dark, twisty, narrow tunnel. I don't like using the word impossible. I think it's a bad word to use, but I will say it's quite quite difficult to get through that long, dark, twisty tunnel on your own. There is times that will be very steep. There is times you'll need a little push on. There is times you may need someone's shoulder to put your hand on, but if you can keep going and get near to the end of that tunnel, there is a light there, and that light will get brighter and brighter. Okay, and personally for you then, what, what was it that, that turned it for you, that, that you know you were able to embrace it, acknowledge it, and, and what did you find useful? Was it, was it physical conver- or conversations with people, therapeutic conversations? Or, or I know you said you started on the medication, but that in itself, as you say, doesn't cover all the bases. So what was it for you personally that, that kind of turned that corner, got you through that, that windy tunnel? If if I was ever, and I I mean, I was, I couldn't be any closer to winding my own life than what I was on a number of occasions. I put in many hours sitting in the jeep at the back of my own house, planning how I was going to end my own life, where I was going to do it and how I was going to do it, and I had all that worked out. If I was ever to put my finger on something that I thought to give me a light, I remember I was to ring my GP one Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and instead of uh, calling my GP on the phone, I actually uh, was uh, did drive in there. And I probably shouldn't have been even driving at the time. So I went in there, and there was only one person in the um, in the room before I went in, which is good for me because you're trying to avoid people. And uh, eventually my GP, who I would have known very well, uh, came into the room with me, and I remember him, uh, he said to me straight out, he says, do you think you can get through with things till Monday morning? And I said, I don't know. And he said, the reason I'm asking you is I've been speaking to people in Dublin that deal with people that are suicidal and they are not available until Monday morning at 10 and a half, 10 Monday morning. And I'm prepared to give a room here in the surgery if you're prepared to come in. In the meantime, I'll give you a letter with two different places you can go if you can't cope over the weekend, which you did. I still have that letter. 
And um, I remember him putting his hand on my shoulder, which in the modern world we're living in, of course, you have to think, mm-hmm. uh, putting his hand on his shoulder, and he says, I know you a long time. It would break my heart if anything happened to you. And I do believe if ever some specific thing, if I was to pick out to give me hope or help to change, that may have been the moment. Right. So uh, it, it's not all big things. Sometimes it can be a lot of little small things. Small things, yeah, build, building it on. And so then, okay, you, you, you got the help then at that stage. You, you, did you go through counselling for a period of time? or? Yes, I did go to counsellors. Not all that much, but I did go to counsellors. I, I talked about it. I was able to get up when I was in my darkest days without anybody knowing and talk to people about it and talk about safety and general health as well. Yeah. Uh, that's how I could cover up. And you'll have people ringing you when you're in a real dark place, you don't want to even answer the phone, and then you start thinking, what are they thinking? What are they wondering why I'm not answering the phone? The post starts coming, the bills start coming in, you don't hope, and then you start pushing them to one side. They still don't go away, they're there. So you really eat yourself away trying to hide your problems. And a lot of people I think it's maybe one specific thing that can trigger this off, but a lot of times it can be a lot of little things that have been there eating you away for a long time that you haven't properly dealt with. For instance, at that stage, my father had passed away in 2006, and my way of dealing with that, um, the funeral was on a Tuesday, and my way of dealing with that was go to the West of Ireland to shear sheep on a Wednesday. That was okay at the time, but when I got into bad form, these things come back to an eye me and eat me away. There is one old saying that's very true, a constant drop will wear a hole in the stone. Yeah. yeah. And... I'm just trying to think that that's something I never thought of it that way. I never looked at it that way. Um, for people that are out there now at the moment, maybe listening to this podcast today and and struggling, and and I see it in my own job day to day. You know, input prices are gone through the roof for farmers. The price of, of the animals that they're, they're they're producing are, are gone down. All that and and they're seeing serious financial issues outside of anything else. What 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 do you say to those people that that are struggling and maybe not sure as you say you weren't aware yourself for a long time other than the farm wasn't good or whatever, and maybe people haven't noticed. What 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 would you advise them to do? Yeah, well, these people are struggling; they're in a bad form, and that is the case. I believe a lot of cases that actually don't know what's wrong, and of course, the bubble starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger if you don't deal with it, and eventually that bubble will burst. This is the danger. I would suggest ideally. If you don't feel in a good place or there's anything on you, no matter what it may be, ideally if you can talk to your family, brilliant. But in fairness, it, that's a difficult thing to do because you're afraid if you talk to your wife, partner, family, whatever, you're putting pressure on them and you don't want to do that. You try to carry the big load yourself, which can be too, too difficult. If you can talk to a friend, maybe just go and have a cup of tea with him and you could, you could build up putting a lot of time, maybe putting days and days planning to do that. But, and when you go there, you might go and have the cup of tea with him and chat about everything, but you mightn't talk about your problem. But you'll actually find that's a weight off your shoulder. You've still taken that first step, which is the hardest step you'll ever take. So take that first step, talk to, talk to whoever. But if it's that friend or if you're that friend somebody comes to, um, trust um, is so important. Uh, that, that's so important. But talk to somebody, and if you don't feel good, going to a GP, of course, is very, very important. And go and have that uh, checkup done. Even have your health checked done, have your bloods, etc. done. That's very important. You get back good news, everything is grand, everything is clear. That's something positive. Not be thinking of on negative things all the time. So them, them things are all really, really important. But take that step. Talk to somebody, whoever it might be, uh, if you need to go to a counsellor. It's certainly not everybody that needs medication. But uh, talk to somebody is so important. 
and are, are there other supports out there outside of of what what helped you along your way? Are there other supports that other people that work for other people that they could use or? Yeah, there's all kind, and everybody is different. I mean, uh, with mental well-being problems, for instance, just to use one, bipolar is one that you probably do need medication because you have these days or these times that can be on a real high, but you can equally have ones you're on on a real low. So it has to be managed, and sometimes you do need medication for that. But it's so different than anything else. Um, mental well-being problems. There's nobody comes to you with a toolbox of wrenches, hammers, such as such to fix you. It's all about talking and communication, and you may need some medication. Now, I was on medication for a very short time. For instance, if I was of a nice fine evening, I'm on the side of a fairly busy road, and I'm looking in over a gate into a field. Nobody is thinking what I might be thinking I might do when I go into that field. Is anybody going to come over and say hello to me or anything in the modern world we're in? Probably no. But if I'd been in that field and coming back out across the gate, and I slip or fall... And I break my leg or break my arm, whatever the case might be. Straight away, I'm going to be waving traffic down or calling somebody or looking for help. Now I want help. I want to fix that. But the thing that we can't see, this mental well-being problem, no, we don't want to talk about it. We have to hide it. And we don't want to talk about it. It's the total opposite. So he's a minefield. And there is this thing, the stigma is still there. We think it's still there. But the one thing I'll say, take that first step. Look for help. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just another illness that can be cured. And there is help out there. It mightn't be as easy got, but there is help out there. You'll always get help. Talk to somebody. Whether it's in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day or whatever. I've spoken to people at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. And to have someone to listen to, being in a bad way at 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon is one thing. But being in a bad way at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning is another thing. That can be a very, very dark place. Absolutely. And uh, are there other things outside of farming, say, so uh, uh, that you'd recommend in terms of exercise, you know, things like that, that you would recommend for people to do as a routine, kind of to clear the head, <laughs> if you want, for a better word? Yeah, I think exercise is so important. And when I talk about exercise, it's not about going running marathons. Brilliant if you can do that. Just that nice brisk walk. And most farmers, when you speak to them, we come up with this thing, well, I'm doing enough walking every day, I don't need that. Now, most farmers that walk, they walk around the farm or whatever, their buildings, looking to find a problem. And when you look for problems, you'll find them. That's not a walk to relax the mind. When I mean a walk, go walk somewhere where you think about nothing. That's to walk a nice, brisk, relaxed walk with no pressure. And if that's only for 10 minutes in the day, that's one of the greatest therapies you ever can do. It may not solve all problems, but it's certainly brilliant. It's the same thing, I mean, in the modern world we're in, farmers is different than years ago. There is a lot of paperwork to be done. We do know there's a lot of pressures there, and there's a lot of farmers working on their own. Like a wife, husband, partner, they may be going out to work to help pay the bills. I have spoken to farmers three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and they'll tell you, I'm very busy, woeful busy at the moment. I was up at six, half six this morning. I got a quick cup of tea. I hadn't time to get anything to eat since. Now, I have tried driving my Jeep and car without petrol or diesel. It didn't work. It's the same thing with the human being, the human body. If you don't fuel it and look after it, you can't keep going. You need that break, and you're certainly a lot more prone to an accident as well if you don't take them breaks. That's so important. And we do know there's a lot of financial problems out there at the moment. There's a lot of pressure out there. Don't try to carry this big load on your own. Either your wife, husband, partner, or a member of the family, if you can, or most people have a friend somewhere. If you're going to be a bankman or a merchant or whoever it might be, don't be either afraid or ashamed to bring somebody with you. They don't have to know all your business, but to be just there to support, sit down beside you. It's two going in against one. I mean, you are going to talk to people who are dealing with this kind of thing all day, every day. 
but you it might be your first time now in fairness to a lot of farmers now that are getting more used to doing a lot of bookwork but uh, bring somebody with you don't be ashamed uh, at the end of the day we may be talking about money or a bit of pressure but don't be ashamed to do it to bring somebody with you you still don't have to go through every detail you have but that support is brilliant you can rattle something off and it's often the person sitting out here on this side they can pick up little things listening and maybe one word from him could actually change a lot of things or it may be your advisor it may be a good friend or whoever but don't be ashamed or afraid to bring anybody with you yeah go go and, and look for it and as and you look said, for help take and that first step take that first step and look for help whoever it will be and don't wait till the bubble is just about to burst don't be afraid to go in time if i'm under pressure financially um i'm not going to be able to meet me payments this month but things are looking a bit better the month after i may be able to do it if you talk to people you can try to solve the only time you can't solve a problem is when you don't talk about it if you're prepared to talk you'll solve most problems whether it's financial or otherwise for sure and so you've talked about taking that first step for, for someone that does that what, what advice would you give to the person on the receiving end of that somebody comes and says listen I'm in trouble I, I, I'm, I'm not right I'm struggling a bit what advice can that person do immediately or what advice would you have for that person to do immediately when they get that question yeah well that is a good the great thing um, if, if uh, when they come there first they have taken that step this is the whole thing the most important thing you can do in that situation as maybe so little seed that gives vibes, keep them talking. Because talking, what you're doing when you're talking, actually, is taking the poison out of your system. You're emptying the house. You're getting these problems that are eating your way out there. And the more they can talk, they'll actually feel this weight coming off their shoulders and unloading. So talk, and if it's a bit of a slowdown. The other thing I'll always recommend is in the conversation, or maybe to get a conversation going, sit down and have a cup of tea, or when you're finished, have that cup of tea. It's one of the greatest therapists of all. You can relax and have that cup of tea and enjoy it. Lovely. And just to kind of finish up here now, just to let people that might be listening know as well, you're chairperson of the Awareness Head to know, Head to Toe organisation. Can you tell us a bit about that and you know how people can maybe access yourselves and things like that? And, and yeah, that? Awareness Head to Toe, it's a wee organisation. We saw because we were finding so many problems. I've been doing this for many, many years, and I suppose uh, where I started off my talks on safety, general health and mental well-being was in the plough where we got massive crowds of people. So that's where I would have started off and continued on. But we saw this little organisation about uh, maybe six, seven years ago. It's a voluntary, totally voluntary organisation with about 12 people, mainly from the farm and background, but not all of them. We have an accountant on board there. He's our treasurer, a very good man. He's also farming, so he understands the, that part of the job as well. And then he's dealing with clients every day, so he knows the issues out there. And if there's major problems, sometimes we can use him to bring the talk to somebody for a second opinion. Um, we're totally voluntary. We're there to support people. We're generally there focused on farm safety, general health and mental well-being. And I would emphasise on everybody, particularly men, including myself, we are not the best in looking after our general health. Go and get a checkup done every year. It's a great relief to know there's no point in working and working and working, and we're not looking after our own, our own health. Any of us to have a car, Jeep, whatever, we have to go and get a test done on it every year. And if we don't, we go out on the road and we're fine, but we're not prepared to look after our own health. So that's so important. Absolutely. And how can people get in touch with Awareness Head to Toe? Yeah, well, there is... There is um, there is our card there. They can they can uh, find us on our website. So it's www.awarenessheadtotoe.com. Perfect. Yeah. So they, they can get all the details through that. They, can, they yeah. can get all the details there. There's the secretary, myself as chairman, and our treasurer's names are there. But there's many more people. But we have many contacts throughout the country, not just uh, locally. We have different contacts throughout the country that we can refer to people to as well that we know that are experienced in dealing with these type of situations. I mean, I can tell you 
another dire situation that I was in, just to give you a little bit of a feel of what can be going on in somebody's head when they're in a very dark place. We never know what anybody else is thinking. This is the problem. I mean, I had planned, I flew away from a problem to go to Norway. I did plan one other trip, and that was to go to the outback in Western Australia to end my life there, a place where I'd work quite a bit. So this is the way my, my mind was working, and nobody could understand. The other thing I may not have mentioned is, we often talk about the person with the problem. We very often don't think about the family, wife, partner, uh, brothers and sisters that have to live with the person with the problem that don't understand or not trained how to deal with it. But I had a daughter when I was in a very dark place. She actually was um, had started her first year in university, and uh, she was getting a bus every Sunday evening to go back. I was always able to set it up that I would bring her 10 miles away to meet a bus. The main reason I was doing that... Uh, I was 100% sure. Now, she had brothers and sisters and plenty of friends that could have brought her. I was 100% sure when I brought her there, that would be the last time I would have seen her. When I said goodbye and she headed off on that bus, I was 100% sure I would end my own life before she'd come back the next weekend. That was the main reason I was doing that. She didn't know. Nobody else knew. So these are the things that can be going on in somebody's mind. You can be the life and soul of a party. You may be the most lonely person there. And to pick up the vibes that people give you. A lot of people still give vibes. I remember a very good sports fellow, a chap about 19 years of age one time. I won't say what sport he was playing. He was in a dressing room this evening to come in after training. Brilliant. And he had serious talent. And the gear he had, I won't even mention the gear he was using, he just threw it in the corner of the dressing room. He says, I won't want that again. That was it. Nobody picked up on it. Now, there was a fellow just a little bit in the same business as I am, he was asked to speak to that club about a month after, which he came down and done. And the chairman of the club happened to say to him when he was going through his talk, he said, it's an awful pity you weren't here uh, four or five weeks ago. He says, why is I'm here now? Like, it's all the same thing. No, it's not, he says. If you had been here four or five weeks ago, we probably would have saved somebody. He gave the vibe. He was crying out to talk to somebody, but there was nobody trained or experienced to pick up on the vibe. Mm-hmm. Never be afraid to say to somebody how you are. And that can mean a lot to a person in a dark place to say hello to him, good morning to him, how are you, how are you today? That might be all it means. You feel recognised again, you feel wanted again. Yeah. And just to, to give hope, to, to, to finish up here, to, to give hope, what, what, what's the key thing you'll, you'll say to people listening or for friends of people listening who, who may have friends that are struggling at the moment? Talk to somebody. Look for that help, whoever it might be, whether it's a friend or whatever. The biggest problem is bottling up and hiding it and not coming out in the open and talking about it. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's part of life we're in. It was covered up for years and years and years. We don't want it that way anymore. There is help out there. There may not be enough help out there, but there certainly is help out there. And I'm always at the end of the phone if somebody personally wants to call me, and I'm not afraid to give out my own number, which is 087-2569-072. I will guarantee you, I may not always answer the phone, but I'll always return the call. So don't be afraid to talk to somebody. And if I can't help... I certainly will find someone that can help you. There is help out there, and there is hope. Don't take the wrong road. There is a light at the end of that long, dark tunnel, and it'll get brighter and brighter. And I'm going to finish by a couple of very simple words. Probably three of the most important things in life. If you get these three things right, you'll cross most bridges in life. Be safe, peace of mind, and your health. Thank you very much. George, thanks very much. Really, really, really appreciate your, your time here today and you're sharing your story with us. I'm sure it's going to help people out there. Thank you very much. And thank you very much.